Let's do this. Rad Parenting. Joseph here with you with... Anaya Bogue. And our guest today, uh, I'm going to give you an introduction. Whoop, whoop. You ready? I'm going to give sure. you an introduction. Okay. Uh, from Chicago originally, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in a band that... I, and, and, and a band that undeniably has some of the best videos ever, OK Go. The newest video with you guys in the airplane. I got to talk to you about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, he's got a four-year-old son. Lives in Los Angeles now. Make some noise for Dan Kanopka. Yeah. I love your name, Dan it's Kanopka. To, it's good to be here. Yeah, yeah thank, we're, we're really appreciative. Especially since this is not only a like, ooh, we love you so much because, you know, you are who you are and you're doing what you're doing. But I'm so excited to talk to you today, given that you're also a parent and, and dealing with stuff that uh, there's other parents out there dealing with for sure. So. Oh, yeah. The best thing about this, Anaya, was is that Dan and I are friends from another show that we did together. He did a Side One Dummy Storyteller show, which was awesome. And when we started doing Rad Parenting... I, you know, had Dan on my list and then he hit me up and said, I listened to your podcast, like to be a guest. Love it. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. The best part too, the best part too, Dan is, you know, I want to, first of all, okay, go from Chicago, uh, been around for a a while. Uh, and, and the best thing is you're known also great music, but your videos, Mm -hmm. the Grammys have been involved on videos, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we won a Grammy. Nice. Yeah. Uh, look at that how low key. Thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, we won one of those. Yeah. yeah. Grammy, have that. Uh, uh, your whole existence in the music scene in Chicago, city that I love, so many great bands out oh, of yeah. Chicago. Um, the thing to, about today's show with having Dan on when him and I got on the phone, and I talked to you about this, Anna, is with his four-year-old son, he's at the beginning of the ride that you and I always talk about. Yep. He's buckled up, him and his wife, on the roller coaster of parenthood. And we started to talk, Dan, and you were talking about just, you know, you growing up and then now being a father mm-hmm. and, and some of the stuff that you're going through with your son, which we will go into. Uh, and, and today's show uh, is going to be about setting up boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, and what Dan and I discussed is that at least in my life, you know, I always say to my kids, you know, I'm not good at being the authority because the whole my whole life I fought authority. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I've made, you know, uh, that's what it's I've interesting done. interesting how life works. So now being the authority, <laughs> and then Dan said, you know, with his four-year-old, it's it's getting tough to draw a line in the sand because I never drew those lines. Yeah, you yeah, know? absolutely. You know, we let's start with this. Growing up in Chicago, yeah. uh, what, what was your parenting background like? What, 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 what kind well, of household did you grow up in? Well, um, I'm the third boy of uh, four kids. We have uh, two older brothers, one younger sister. And I wouldn't say that I got lost in the little group of kids, but like, I don't know. I, I definitely enjoyed the fact that no one was really looking at me. And so I got to be a little bit of a black sheep. And so, like, m- my older brothers got like real proper jobs, and my younger sister. Uh, went through a really great school and, and, and married a really, really great dude. And, and I was able to be a rock drummer. And no one really, I was like, Dan's doing his thing. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to just skate around everyone's eyeballs and follow this pursuit that was, you know, like, you know, 1% chance you're going to do it. And, you know, 26 years old, we get signed to a label and like, everyone thinks Amazing. that I'm, that I'm a, like, a big rock band and, and, you know, and like all the bills are getting paid, and so there was definitely a um, like um, a sort of state of identity that sort of froze for everyone around me and froze for myself, and that particular uh, place 
had been totally fractured by my son. Like he came into the world and it was no longer going to be dad is the rock star. Ah, got it. Or the, I hope I'm making sense. No, like, I think, I think like, what you're saying is so you had been sort of the center of, of attention. And, yeah, it was and, the center of my universe. Right. And all of a sudden, no more. And everybody was like, you're cool. You're doing yeah. your dream. You're doing what everybody wants to do. Let's not really look at, you know, it was, there was no real responsibility. And, you know, I had to take care of, you know, the bits and bops and things. But, like, not until my son came did it really become like, okay, this is a critical, this is a critical, like, we have to make a shift. Yeah. I love I, your I, honesty. I, first of all, I just say I love your honesty. That kind of awareness as a human being, first of all, as a parent, is just so impressive. <laughs> really. Well, it's like, you know, I think even before he came home from the hospital, I knew something was going to be really different. The dynamic between my wife and I had changed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, marriage pre-kids, it's, that's heaven on earth. I mean, I, like, I don't know how much time you guys spent <laughs> yep. being without kids. It's like, you could, it was like mojitos every day, you know, like <laughs> watch whatever show, movie, do it, stay up late, party, sure. do can, this. Can I ask you a question? Do you, do you ever look back on that time before kids? I don't remember it. I literally sometimes say to my wife, and we were together forever. I go, what were we doing? I, right. just, I, I literally remember. Just taking I remember, it for granted. No, I, I remember us getting married. I remember all of that. I remember we, 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 you know, we had a different place that we lived at. But then I remember we were like, we're going to get a home. And, and then all of a sudden, my daughter just showed up. Like, I don't remember the time really in between. Mm-hmm. And when you say uh, being in a band and, and, you know, I'm the rock star. I'm, I'm, making, I'm paying the bills by playing mm-hmm. rock music. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm the center of my own universe. I feel like really all parents can sympathize or understand that whether or not they're in a band or not because when you're first together you know you really are it's in your own little band your exactly. your family is your yeah. first band and mom yep. and dad I, I mean a guy keeps using this analogy is a singer and lead guitar player you know yeah. it's really all about you and then once the kids start showing up um, yeah. it really changes game everything changer. Totally. yeah for sure it, totally. it's a game changer so so your wife and you you're having mojitos you're, yeah. you're hanging out yeah. life is good and then uh, the band's doing well yeah you're, you're winning Grammys and then you guys say wow we're gonna have a we're gonna bring a person into this world yeah and you even you notice before your son even shows up at the house. Yeah. There's a dynamic <laughs> shift. Oh yeah, discuss. There's that. a disturbance in the force. Well, it was you know the the delivery was twelve or maybe twenty. I don't know, twenty hours or something. And I, Sounds we were right. at Cedars, and the, it was like, well, do you want to stay here overnight? And I was like, well, yeah, I guess, but you know, there wasn't really anywhere to sleep, so I went home, which was instant number one mistake. Like yeah. I went home, <laughs> and when I got home, I was at. You know, the kitchen island going, oh, my God, this is all going to be different now. And she's not going to look at me the same way. I have to do something. This is going to be a totally different dynamic. And, you know, my brothers came in and were like, oh, you're going to have a kid. Like, get ready to be galvanized. And I was like, what the heck do you mean? <laughs> like, he's like, the, like, you haven't done anything like this yet. Mm-hmm. This is going to be, this is going to really change everything. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it was nice to hear that, but I didn't really know what it meant until, you know, after the first year of Cohen, Cohen being here. And, and now it's, you know, there's been a few years and I've been able to sort of, um, sort of witness w- w- 
what I need to do, what I haven't done, what he really needs, and his limitations in the way he can express himself to get me to respond in a healthy way. So, so that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, so, so it's interesting. So first of all, I think it's important to say that I, and I'm sure that you and your wife weren't just on autopilot for the nine months she was pregnant, like completely clueless, even when I think we're preparing, like we know, like there's mm. this other person that's coming along, but no matter what anybody tells you, including your brothers making yeah. that comment, we can't know it until we know it. There's yeah, just yeah. no, I remember having my first daughter and being in, in the hospital, like the first night by myself, everybody had gone home and thinking, my life will never be mm-hmm. the same. Like if I had a marriage that went sideways, I could get out of that easier than I can get oh, yeah. out of this deal, right? Sure. So it's really <laughs> and you can't know there's you can't know it until you know it. So um, I think that that's really important to point out because there's some people that would hear that or or feel it and think there must be something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not built for this. Yeah. You know, maybe you I'm don't too know what selfish. to expect. You don't yeah. know what to expect when the nurse I was, it was still all about my wife. It was still all about us. We went to the hospital together. All of a sudden, my, my daughter was born. We all walked still with another group of people, my, you know, grand, her parents, uh, into the room. And then I remember my daughter showed up and I was still, I'm still on the sidelines. Like, I'm just, no, no, she's, she's been born (laughs) at the stork just dropped her. Yeah. But no, we'd had the baby and I was still feeling, um, you know, nothing had really changed. And I'll never forget, I tell people this all the time. Uh, my wife started to fall asleep. The grandparents had left and they brought my uh, daughter in for a feeding. She did the feeding and then the the nurse looked at me, okay, um, here you go, and handed me my daughter. And it was the first time within that that you know, 12 hour period that she had just been born that all, I looked at, I go, what do, what what do, do I do? And I started to follow the nurse. I started yeah. to follow her. She's all, <laughs> yeah. where are you going? I go, well, I'm following you. And she's like, no, 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 honey, you stay here. And I go, and I don't know what I'm doing. And I seriously, I'll never forget. I go, I, I looked and I, I remember I looked down at her little face yeah. and I just looked at her in, in the eyes and I was like, all right, Hey, you know, nice to meet you. Uh, I'm your dad. And I just sat there and just talked to this little face. And it was the first time that I was exactly what you said, Dan. I'm like, oh my gosh, it is on. It is so on. And, and it really changed everything to the point that I remember even when I got home for the, my wife always talks about it for the first, like two weeks, I was cutting fresh food every day. I was Mm. going, I was making everything in the house. And all of a sudden one in the third week, I looked at my daughter. I'm like, you're not moving. You're not leaving. You're You're staying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had to like. (laughs) I was yeah. going for the sprint of yeah. parenting. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the, yeah. the, the feeling that, that I get, Dan, is that, were you, like Anaya brought up, did you and your wife have the conversations before your son showed up of some of the changes that you guys were feeling you were know, Because I'm I, thinking for our listeners right now that maybe are just, you know, in the, like, well, we're about to have our first baby. You're you know, so what, caught up in the excitement of yeah, it that you don't even. Were you able to touch on different topics that you thought might be happening? You know, I don't think we really got into the things that mattered. I think, like, the scope <laughs> of of conversation, you know, sort of began at, you know, like, what sort of decorations will his room have? going to say that. What color should we paint yeah, the like nursery? To, uh, <laughs> you know, well, when we go to Grandma's house, because that's going to be so easy to fly to Cincinnati. <laughs> Like we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Charlevoix, Michigan, and spend the summer there. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, <laughs> talking about vacation. Like, we really didn't get into the the core personal reality dynamics that were gonna come into play. Touring sure. in a band seems easy until you've gone on the yeah. road with your kid. Yes. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and um, so, you know, there was, there was just a lot of stuff we had to learn on the fly. Okay, so the baby comes home. So take us from there, because I love this story. You've gone home, and you're going, uh-oh, oh, sh- probably should not have done this. You're, you're supposed you're, to sleep yeah. on the cot, You're Dan. supposed to sleep or on like the cot. Or like me, just yeah. on the floor. <laughs> I slept on a blanket, cold, not yeah. caring. Um, I'm going to say that that's probably what you should have done. Okay. Um, well, when, when we got home, I think the, the main concern was um, trying to figure out a way to uh, to feed the child. And the quality of that experience for my wife and being able to ride her personal mm. uh, roller coaster with you know, the baby learning to latch on and, and sure. that that sort of thing. And that was really hard because it wasn't a binary thing. It was like, is it working or is it not working? Is there anything I can do? Nothing really can do. All right, we'll stand over there and wait until it's time mm. that I need you. Now go do something. You know, like, right. Dan, do it now. Right. And it'd be like, oh, okay. And like, it was just very... Uh, high stress Mm -hmm. and it was high stress for about you know about three months and then things started to cool off and that was kind of like what I was mentioning to you earlier it was the beginning of a realization that things go from being sort of blissful to being like a pretty intense experience and then it's just this ebb and flow it's a sine wave of intensity and I think that's kind of how God designs it for you it's not like it's just chaos the whole time. It's like you right. get a couple of grooves where you're like, oh, this is the kid's going to uh, be predictable yep. for two weeks. And then you have, <laughs> then you have between. Don't get too comfortable. Right? And then you get about two, two to f- weeks to f- a month of like, I don't know what's going on with her, with him. And now I don't really know what's going on with me. And then finally you reach the crest <laughs> and then everything kind of gets groovy again. Yes. And it goes like that yeah. for years. And that's why I got mad at my brothers. I was like, why didn't you tell me? Like, a galvanized? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, that's it's useless. Tell me that it's, that, well, every kid's different. Right. Every kid's going to be different. And then I have friends. And this is, I know we're getting off the path here, but like friends that have girls have very different experiences. Sure. Absolutely. Yep. And, but they, they all seem to be like, oh, she's sleeping great. <laughs> But can what? I tell you? Can I tell you that it's? Yeah. <laughs> you'll hear that, but you know, my daughter, she, she was, uh, she was the one that was not sleeping, and then my son was the one that we thought was going to be so mellow because he slept all the time. We used to call him the judge because he was so quiet, and, yeah. you know. And then it just changes. I love what you're saying though, because because I I I've never heard it described and articulated as well as you just did with the surges of chaos. Into the blissfulness, and then the word you used, groovy. I love that. It does <laughs> yes. get groovy, and 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 it and I feel even as um, we as we grow as parents with our kids from from toddlers in in into teenagers and everything in between. Those waves still. I think I'm in a groovy wave this week. We're very groovy mm-hmm. at home right now. It's cool, but last week. You know, it wasn't groovy. We were in a surge. Mm-hmm. That's a great well, way to put it. Well, and that's the thing is, I mean, the, the the reality is that we're all, you know, there's we're connected and there's there's energy in 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 the works and there are ebbs and flows in all mm-hmm. things. If we look to nature, the, everything is cyclical. So we're going to go through 
ebbs and flows and through times where everything is groovy and then times where we hit bumps. And I think, again, that's nothing, you cannot be prepared for that because yeah. until the moment that you're experiencing it, you just, you just don't know. You don't know how it's going to feel to you. I think it's really, I, I love that we're getting such a, a thoughtful, conscious perspective on being a dad, mm -hmm. you know, for you to say, you know, I, I essentially, I, I wanted to be there for her and I, I, I didn't know what was going on with her from one minute to the next. I didn't know what's yeah. going on with my son from one minute it to the next Dan when I and you and I when you and I talked the word that you used you said for the first two years I felt like a statue oh tell mm -hmm. me about you that you said you felt like a statue do you feel like you were just kind of on call or well you know it was just a the the statue metaphor is like I wasn't really I didn't have any assets to bring to the like I had no skill set what I should have been doing is reading the books. Mm -hmm. Although, while I watched my mother-in-law and my wife read the books, they felt misled or just like mm. it was. There was a um, there was an incongruent message. Like they weren't getting the results from the books. Anyhow, I should have been reading the books. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. But <laughs> I stood there and was just trying to think of ways to help, and you know. Just never really had a whole lot of uh, motivation to like do anything but just stand there. <laughs> I was like, "Well, what can I do? Help clean? Like do this? Like?" And I ultimately sort of ended up in the guest room because I couldn't help with feeding. And why would I s stay in the in the in the king size bed and get woken up? Ah, uh, interesting. Three times a night. Mm -hmm. So, so like, so like, if one of us, you know, one of us has to have slept so that we can be yeah. more functional during the day. Yeah, and um, you know, I just kind of felt like it, it was just it, I didn't have a skill set, so I just kind of stood there and watched and tried to keep my composure and be like, I'm here for what you guys need, and nice. and you know, on the side, I'm going to try to you know stay available to the band, stay available to my you know, creative dreams or whatever sure. and sort of apply myself to that. But like in the end, it, it was really a lot of me just like trying to make sure that I was available for my wife. Yeah. You know, honestly, I, well. I honestly feel like we, we could do like two shows here and the first half <laughs> is you just had a baby. Now what? Because th this is what we're Because what I want to ask you is what in terms of the way that you and your wife were communicating through that, because you've been married for like 20 years or something, right? 10 years. 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. Okay. So 10 years. And uh, so you've got a pretty solid foundation. So you're not, it's not like you got married and like, mm -hmm. you know, nine months later you were having a baby. So you had a pretty solid foundation as a couple. And then this little person comes in, as Joe likes to say, you made a person. Yeah. Um, how did how did you manage to get through that in terms of like you saying, okay, so I'll go sleep in the guest room. Was she cool with that? W w did she come from that place of like, at least one of us needs to sleep. I'm, I've got this, you can help later. Well, you know, I think that the, you know, that like, you know, the blissful pre baby marriage, there was, you know, only a certain amount of, um, rungs in the ladder of the communication mm -hmm. that we really needed. We only needed a step stool, so to speak. And when the when the child came, we should have had a full ladder to get to the ceiling. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things. And we just didn't have those things mm -hmm. in place. We didn't have those rungs there. So when you got to the top of that step stool, you're like, we're not communicating. We really are in recovery for communication right now. We're mm -hmm. trying to, now that we can actually experience a pretty 
uh, understandable flow of communication with our son, we can actually take the time to really communicate with mm-hmm. each other. And uh, we're not pros yet. You know, we're, we're still putting together. And I think, uh, you, know, uh, you know, to go back to your other episode, the date night thing, like we didn't honor that. Um, there was one, it was, it was one time, I think Cohen was like one or one and a half or something. And I, there was a car accident down the street, a car, it's weird down the, down the road, it flipped over. I don't know what, what happened, mm-hmm. but there was a, there was a cops everywhere. And I, I walked outside and my wife and I lived in sort of an unusual, like Japanese style home. And so the police officer was, was really curious about the home. And I had my son in my arms and, you know, I was just like, well, let's go look at the cool cop cars lights. And, uh, and he was like, well, that's a beautiful home. And, and is this your only son? I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, I've got three kids under the age of three at home. I'm like, wow, are you crazy? Seriously? <laughs> and we got into sort of a deep conversation about it. And he's like, look, and I was like trying to get to like, how did you survive that? How do you like, how do you manage? He's like the the trick, this is one thing I never, nobody told me until recently, and I want to make sure you know this, is that it's more important that you love your wife more than your kid. Mm. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about with my kid, my arms. And, yeah. and, and he's like, think about it for a while. At this time, would you, don't worry about your kid. You know, if you don't love your kid, yeah, like your kid. Take care of your kid. Don't starve your kid. You know, like, yeah, do the things course. it needs, but it really is going to be okay. What you really got to do is love, love, love your wife. And it took me, you know, I like, I'm really hit home. I'll never forget that day, but it took me a few months to realize, like, wow, this mm. is how I've been messing up. Man, why are you saying that? That's I the first spent thing I'm a thinking, lot of this, like, that, that, what you just said right now, that, that I, I'm, I'm like, wow, I've never heard that before. And, my brain is the just loving love your wife more. I've never I've never even thought of that. What's interesting is love more like you grow up, you you ask your mom, like, Do you love me, my sister, more than you yes. know, no, I love you all the same. I <laughs> love you all the same. I love you all the same. Yeah. No, no, no. Love your wife more. Yeah. And that t- sort of changed like I was like, how do how do I get and now I think I understand. It's just like you have to give just plain more. And because they're doing something that's well, and it's Crazy. the foundation. I mean, that that's what we've talked about. Like, in the date night episode, we have another one on being a unified front or whatever. Um, yeah, it, it's like, it's the foundation. Or, you know, Joe's going to drop another band analogy in a second about Mick and Keith. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, that idea of, like, th- that has to be preserved. It has to be tight in order to, to do anything else. And yeah. it's so it's so important. And when, and when you just said that, it made my mind just race to my wife and realize her... And I, if we're not, when we are not, like I always say, if I get in an argument or have a disagreement with someone that's not my wife, I can get through my day. But mm-hmm. if I get in a, a riff with, with Karen, it, my day isn't, it, my day yeah. has to, yeah. I have to repair that. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes so much sense hearing that officer say to you, like, you got to love your wife more, but we're almost taught I love my kids so much because you've made oh, yeah. these people. But to but if you're not right with your partner, mm-hmm. you know, in any shape or form, it's it's just not going to work. Because yeah. what you're saying about the stool and the and the rungs on that ladder that is so crucial. Because I, I too feel that 
you know, we think we're prepared when, when these little people show up, but if that communication isn't there and for the, you know, people that are listening to the show, they're like, yeah, I've only been with my partner for five years. I don't know if our communication's there. Maybe, maybe right now we're all learning that, man, make sure that you, that you have that at least flow of communication yeah. with each other because once these people show up yeah. in your home, it really narrows it down to we've got to make this work with each other. Mm-hmm. And, and that communication has to be crystal clear. And well, yeah, that, yeah. That, to have something like that go down in your life, I mean, that to me feels like this like gift of the gods. Like just we're going to just have this whatever go on outside your door and this <laughs> yeah. cop is going to roll up and just drop this big piece of wisdom on you that it sounds like was life-changing in oh, terms totally. of the whole experience. Yeah, and the way it spilled out, you know, like, it was just like coming from this the guy who's like to serve and protect. It was very like kind of uh, Norman Rockwell or someone yeah. like a police officer gives you this nugget of truth that like when I talk to anybody about having their kids, that's like I have to make sure I say this oh, because I love it, it really does. It does make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, to to get those extra rungs the ladder, you're like, how do you get better at communicating? And really, it's it's um, I don't know what the word is, but it not. It's, it's you just have to be quiet and listen. Mm. Like I realize that I've I so often like you said just a moment ago. Like you know, if somebody gives you a problem, you can be like, whatever. That guy's like that doesn't matter. But if Christy has a problem. It can it can roll with me all afternoon. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's and, the center of your world. And uh, you're spiritually connected, though. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. You're spiritually connected. I feel. You, you make you make a human being with another person. You are connected to that person for the rest of your life. I, I yeah. truly believe that. That's why I know when things aren't right with my daughter, things aren't right with my son, things aren't right with, with my wife. I, I feel that all day long. Mm-hmm. I can't get through my day until we have the conversation to. So one of the one of the mistakes is that would happen with me because it would it would be like, so he, it's, stick to your ribs. This you know <laughs> argument or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what I would do, my instincts, and I think this, I think this came up from being a rock musician and a drummer and being like on a stage and stuff is that I would instantly try to fix it. Mm-hmm. Try to fix her problem. Try to fix yeah. the problem. You know, like even if she, all she was looking for me to was just to hear her yes, and just let it go. Yep. And it took a long time for me to learn that. And that's, it's a weird thing because it's not, it's, it's, it's not about communicating so much as that you're having this back and forth, but it's really about listening and and there's a lot more you're going to get a lot more skill out of just shutting up just shut up and listen to her and don't try to fix it right sometimes yeah. it just needs a place to land it needs a safe place to land with a compassionate ear and you know we've talked Joe and I have talked about this before related to how we raise boys and that mm-hmm. you know even if we talk about the, the fairy tale programming we tell boys from the time they're little that their job is to sweep in and fix and be the mm-hmm. problem solver be the hero mm-hmm. and 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 so of course that's what you're whether you know you gave the you know being in a rock band but I'm telling you my experience is just being male and and the mm-hmm. programming that that you go through as boys and if you just knew that little bit it would actually be easier you don't have to put all the energy into problem solving just be quiet and just give it a, a safe compassionate place to land I think it's totally I'm totally that dude. You know, I mean, I, obviously we share being because you're in, a dude. I think it is. I don't. Even, I don't think it's band, singer, mm. drummer. I think it's just. I want to fix it. I want to fix it. And you think you think so much in your heart. You're doing the right thing, right. 
but but it's it's not at that moment. It's like, and it's so hard. You know, even doing this podcast, how many times do you look at me? I raise my hand before I talk. I, I, <laughs> I did do that. My dad, my dad just listened to the show for the first time. He goes, you know what I like about it, Joe? You shut up. You know when to shut up. I love it. I love you let Anaya and the guests talk and you be quiet. So good. And once in a while you do that thing, you know, you jump in. I know you got to do that. But anyway, I love when you're quiet. I'm like. Like, he loves the podcast when I'm not on it. Please, let's bring <laughs> your dad in. He's already let's agreed to be on the show. In. He wants okay, to do it. So, so, so you're a statue for the first two years, yeah. kind of like in a let's call it in a state of paralysis, like wondering what to do. Never yeah. been here before. I'm in foreign territory. I want to do the right thing. I don't have. I just don't even know where to begin. Okay, so then what? Then what changed after? Like, because you, you're the one who's indicated two two years as what ha- what shifted at two years. Well, um, I think. He started, Cohen started to get uh, a sort of more of like a tangible ability to play. Mm. And I could, I could be, I could play with him. And that's sort of brings, brings me to what we talked about. Where we're at today. Where we're at, which is. I became, I transformed into a Disneyland dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> have we ever heard that term? Yeah, yes, we have. Like a Disney. Ooh. Yeah, well, although I want to clarify that a lot of times we refer, that, that term Disneyland dad often refers to dads who just get their kids on the weekends and they're, it's just all fun and games. But you're saying it in a, in a slightly different way in terms of just like you're the, you're the, fun, you're the fun parent. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where you, in a relationship, sometimes, and I'm no psychologist, but like I definitely am aware of like if somebody has a very bold personality, mm-hmm. the the counterpart will be uh, soft. Yes, right? sure. And so, our little yin and yang at home is is as we started to take these roles of, um, you know, my wife is a disciplinarian, I was the imagination guy, uh-huh. and so like <laughs> anything was a toy. Everything was a fun concept. There was no other foot to drop ever. And just in the last 10 days, that dynamic is changing, and it's very uncomfortable for me. Okay, so tell me how it's changing. Well, there, you know, my son is now mingling with other kids in, you know, preschool Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, nursery school. Yeah. And he's catching is sort of wild hairs, you know, like sort of this bold <laughs> kind of places where it's not like, hey, dad, it's you and me. It's just like, dad, I'm me and I'm a minion, right? Like I've got minion now going on. You're like <laughs> calf Kanapka, half minion <laughs> and you don't get it. So I'm going, while you're trying to make me lunch, I'm going to just go right up to the back and you punch you right in the bottom. Wow. Like start tagging you and just being a minion. Mm-hmm. And I go to these, you go to the preschools and they're, they're little minions. They're like the <laughs> kids in this age or even the girls. It's like, they're all like, and you're like, whoa, I can't believe this. And so like he pulled this maneuver. I'm trying to make him lunch. He doesn't know that it like, like I'm taking all this value out of making this grilled cheese. Like, oh, this feels good. Like my dad, I'm gonna make this thing. It's gonna taste good. I wouldn't want to eat it. When we give it to you, and yeah, you just punch punch me in the butt. So I finally, I was like, I was like, we have to go to the room and talk this out. And you know, I sat sat him down. You know, got to his level. And you know, I just love my son so much. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to tell him, like, look, you can't 
do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And he starts to laugh at my face. And, you know, I, that's like, I was like, <laughs> okay. And so what I, what I did then was that I basically said my, th my thing again, but I got louder, uh -huh. much louder. And, you know, I pulled the door shut and that, said, that registered it as a slam. And I wasn't meaning to slam the door, but like now the mood had changed. And for, 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 I would say maybe 48 hours, 72 hours, the dynamic between my son and I had changed. Because you were suddenly st stepping into the disciplinarian role. He went from Disneyland, yeah. Dad. Yeah, and, to, and, you're, uh, and it's not computing with your son because right. his his clear and consistent experience of you exactly. was as his buddy to yeah. have fun with, uh -huh. and he would have a different uh, way of behaving with his mom, who mm -hmm. he also had a very specific experience with. But what he has not had is, you know, mom yeah. and dad are both going to set boundaries or guidelines for me, and I can, I can also have fun with them probably in different ways because I'm guessing that your wife has a different way of having fun with him mm -hmm. than you do. Um, and so, and so that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Which can, was, can, which, I, can I ask a question? How did, how did that feel for you as a dad and as just emotionally when, when that dynamic changed for the first, mm, for the first question. time that, that 48 hours of weirdness or, you know, like. It was really hard. Yeah. It is It hard. was a sense of loss. Uh, it was a sense mm -hmm. of sadness. I know that feeling. And, um. And it wasn't a sense of like, oh, man, I want to go back. Mm -hmm. It was just like, what is this thing now? Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I want my son to be well-rounded and to have uh, a dynamic interpretation of his parents and the world he lives in. And I knew that like there was just something about it that was sad. And, and you know, he, he didn't act out after that, but he definitely approached uh, – mom and a much more like i need want to be with you mom mm -hmm. and like i wasn't getting the run into the living room daddy daddy thing mm -hmm. and i was like okay well i guess i could talk to the talk about this with my counselor and talk about this with friends and get through this but and that's why that's why i'm here and that's why i agree like this is totally this is real yeah. this is not you know this yeah. really happened this so, is really happening this happened 10 days ago yeah. seven yeah. days ago yeah you're in it right now mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it's in interesting because it. It, it sounds like, and not to get too psychoanalytical, but it does sound like it's, and this is what our kids do to us, right, is they push buttons mm -hmm. inside of us that are part of our own life experience. So, for example, I see all the time that when I deal with adolescent girls, moms will, for the first time in like 20 years, start to be pulling up old wounds from their 12, 13, 14-year-old years that have been sitting dormant because mm -hmm. they're interacting with their children people that they care about more than anybody on the planet, and that's bringing those old wounds to the surface. So yeah. there could be a bunch of, like, just layers and layers of stuff that's connected to your feeling of sadness. Sure. But in addition to that, I think it's important for us to to know as parents that we those moments of setting boundaries, of saying to your son, you can't do that. Like, one, because it's not cool with you in that direct, like, one-on-one -on -one interaction, but also because you don't want him running around, like, mm -hmm. just thinking that that's a way to either get attention or be silly or whatever. And I, I think what we forget as parents and what I've seen both as a parent and as a professional is kids actually want those boundaries. Mm -hmm. When they when their parents who who, you know, have this balance of, I know he, I know dad loves me because here are all the ways that he shows me and I feel, you know, warm and fuzzy inside when we play or when I'm sitting on his lap or whatever. But he also tells me 
where I can and can't go. And there's mm-hmm. a sense of safety in that, not just the literal, like I might step over the ledge, but also there's somebody looking out for me. Because yeah. I've also talked with adults who had parents who were very absent and they will still be recalling stories in their 30s and 40s and 50s of like wandering a- away and-, and finding themselves not knowing where they were and going, is anybody going to notice that I'm missing? So uh-huh. that sense of just like dad and mom care enough about me mm-hmm. to even if they're not processing it at that higher sort of intellectual level, there is a sense of safety. And I think if we can remember that as parents, we'll be more inclined to set healthy boundaries and show them how to set boundaries for themselves in our modeling mm-hmm. than just letting it be a free-for-all and hoping for the best. I want to add one other thing to that. Sure. That particular thing is is just as front burner as like, I don't know how to tackle the concept of setting boundaries for for Cohen. Mm-hmm. And when I had to, you know, take him aside, I was like, I'm doing something. I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't really know how this <laughs> is going to pan out. I guess I'll just fake it and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. But all I know is I can't make the grilled cheese and feel that feeling mm-hmm. and feel like, I know I've got, I've got to stop this, but I had, n- an, up until that point, I had n- no desire to be in that business. Mm-hmm. Chrissy was doing a fine enough job. <laughs> Like I'll turn on rescue bots and yeah. laugh with him. with him. Sure, I wanted that. I want that gig. Yeah, and that's the drummer. That's the rock musician. That's the party guy. That's like, like I said earlier. Like this is a totally new change of guard here. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like it's really, I'm thirsting for information. Like how? Well, how is it going to show up again? Because mm-hmm. we got you know we got two weeks to. Two months, and we're going to get that wave again. Yeah, sure. That sine wave is going to go to the top. We're going to get the apex again, and we're all going to be in hysterics. And how do we do this and like do yeah. it correctly? What are the <laughs> What are the tools, Anaya? That because everything that Dan's describing, I and I and I think it goes for mothers. I think it goes for fathers in every relationship or partners. You know, there's there's the the two people that are in charge are responsible for the the children. Mm-hmm. There's always that dynamic. You know, I mean, sure, I'm sure there's people that are both 100 percent on the same page. Mm-hmm. In my household, I would say I'm generally the the person that's bringing the hammer down less than my wife is. Um, and, and, but now over we've, cause we've had a longer period we're we're definitely both on the same page of understanding when we both need to be that unified yep. front. Yeah. Dan, right. Dan right now is in that place that we've all been in where, like you said, you don't want that job. Mm-hmm. I do this job. <laughs> yeah. How, how does he begin to walk down that road? Because of everything you just said, sure. uh, of the structure and that people, that kids want that, yeah. and that there d- needs to be boundaries. How how does Dan begin that part of uh, the journey of, of a father doing that? Right. So, so I think the first step is what I've said in terms of being invested. Right. Mm-hmm. Knowing that that what you're investing in is. Um, is helping your child actually, because we all want our children to grow to be healthy, whole, you know, independent human beings out in the world one day. And so first of all is, is reframing. I'm not being mean. I'm not being cruel. You know, he's not going to like me anymore and saying, this is part of my responsibility and part of what I actually want to be able to do for him so that A, he feels safe and he knows like I've got him and I'm I'm showing him how to move around this new, new world, this big new world that he's in. Um, and, and secondly, that, um, it's going to make our, our relationship 
healthier in the long run. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing is, is getting invested by reframing what you're doing. The second thing is I think that it's hard for us, especially when our kids are little and then we're sort of forced into it as they become adolescents is to recognize them as like human beings. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can recall, to me, the easiest thing is to call on my own personal experience. And I don't necessarily mean like how I was parented per se, but how I, as a human being best respond to boundary setting. So Mm -hmm. I think that our inclination in large part because of generations of parenting where it was just like, I'm going to bring the hammer down in this like, you know, authoritative way. I don't really believe, especially as we are giving birth to children that are more and more conscious and there's just a different set of like experiences of the world. um, I think that we have to always start with, I'm going to speak to my child the way that I would want to be spoken to in order to garner the response that I want. Right. Right. So first starting with like, Dude, we need to talk about why that's not okay. So Dan can do this in the way that Dan would do it. Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So in in terms of like, because I think that a lot of parents are like, I don't know where to begin. Like, I've never done this. Like, my my parents totally screwed up or, you know, my mom wasn't around or my dad wasn't around or whatever. And really, I think that if you know that it's all... Maybe it's not all inside of you, but there's a lot of it inside of you just Mm -hmm. in terms of basic human interaction and how, what would I be most responsive to? And then going from there, because you know what? He's not you, which we've also talked about at length. He's not an extension of you. Um, And so he's going to have unique ways of responding to things. And you're going to figure that out as you go. But if we begin with, I'm going to model for him, speak to him, um, because it's the best chance as a human being that he's going to respond in a way that is loving and direct and kind and warm and like, I love you and I want you to be the best person that you can be mm-hmm. in four-year-old speak or yeah. eight-year-old speak or 12-year-old speak. Can, what's the show Joe's you guys like to watch? I'm again. raising the hand. I got, cause I'm right now, like what's the show that you guys like the, to watch? Rescue bots. Yeah. Rescue bots. Like, could he use rescue bots? Like, Hey, I don't even know that show, but like, Hey man, if rescue bot blue is making a grilled cheese for rescue bot red, he doesn't come over and wreck, you know, him with his yes. laser. Yeah. And then yes. your son goes, come on, man, no lasers. You right. know? And then is that kind of what you're Absolutely. saying? Use so that. making it relevant. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's, first of all, it's like the tone, like, how am I going to speak to him? Mm-hmm. Um, assuming that he's going to be able to hear me from just this like sort of, you know, quiet, calm, compassionate place. Um, and then you you go from there. Because sometimes I think we do need to raise our voice to be like, oh, no, 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 like this is serious. Then to your point, I think we do. We How do we make this relevant? How do we mm-hmm. make it relevant to a four-year-old, to an eight-year-old so that they get why this is meaningful, why this is going to help them in the world? So using like the rescue bot analogies. Yeah. Um, and then I think, you know, for me, I always come back to, and it's always been effective with my children and with my clients is the, you know, treat others as you want to be treated. So mm-hmm. turning it back and saying, how would it feel if you were, you know, busy, you know, building one of your big Lego, you know, or your building block castles or whatever, and somebody came up behind you and like punched you in the butt, mm-hmm. how would that feel? And most kids can go, oh, yeah, that would kind of suck. Into, you yeah. just put it into an idea and a concept that they can they understand. Can, exactly. You know, one thing I want to, because I think this is this is all really good. Well, one thing that I get concerned about, and it does uh, put me into a slow motion in terms of how to react to these things, is I'm afraid that if I turn uh, the corner on him, that he's going to... Um, experience some sort of shaming or Mm. I'm concerned about the severity of experience he's going to have if I go you can't hit me in the bottom why did you do that or like 
posing this thing to a question of like, I don't know what's age appropriate. Yeah. And I have no experience in it. And that's like, shame on me. I didn't read the books. But I. <laughs> so many people w- are listening right now that, didn't read the books, including me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I know that there, that there are certain things that can sound like shameful things mm-hmm. and certain things that would come roll off my tongue that would just be like, that it would be okay for me to say that to you, any other kind of mm-hmm. adult. Mm-hmm. But to say something in him, and, and that, that's a very much now kind of thing. Like, I don't want to discipline him, but it actually make harm. Right. So I think that if you are, uh, if you are speaking and this, this brings it back to how would you best respond to somebody Mm. speaking to you? So if one of your, you know, your fellow band members, you know, you, whatever you, you know, you were recording or something. up the drums and, 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 and just comes, you're, it just comes over and punches you in the butt while you're setting the drums (laughs) up. How how would you say, what's your singer's name again? Damien? Damien. Yeah. What would you Damien. say to Damien? You're, they're like, you, how would you? What, how would you want it to be spoken to if you know if, yeah. if you did that to Damien? Let's say you ran up behind Damien, you took his beers and threw him <laughs> off the stage before you went on stage, and he's like, Dan, what are you doing, man? How would you want it? You know, like I yeah, think that's exactly. what you're saying. No, to- totally. But I really we have am. To, but, because but, I think whether you are four or you're 14 or you're 40, there is a tone. So shaming yeah. never works, in my opinion. It right. may stop someone in their tracks, and it will ultimately build a a distance and a resentment and nothing healthy. So, and the other thing I want to say is that even when we do, because we also are human as parents. Mm -hmm. So if our first inclination is like, like it's sometimes in when someone when somebody drives you in the fist with a fist in the butt, Mm -hmm. that you might turn around and be like, dude, you can't do that. You can always go back because there's a teachable moment in saying, I'm sorry that I yelled, mm-hmm. but it hurt. And, and I, daddy's going to try not to react that way because yeah. I know that didn't feel cool for me to like snap at you, but here's the deal. Repairing you, the rupture. That, that repairing that, the that's rupture. That's what it's called. Repairing and, and, the rupture. And again, I, parents should not be afraid of that because mm-hmm. it teaches our kids more about th- we all are human and therefore we are all going to make mistakes. And you can always go back and say, I'm sorry, take responsibility, change the behavior. And if our kids can't see us doing that, then it's all just lip service. So it's actually yeah. a beautiful opportunity when we do make mistakes and have to go back. So to, so to back up for Dan and what he's saying, which I love, he's already aware of the shaming aspect. Mm-hmm. It's not, hey, man, don't punch me in the butt because if you do that, you're going to grow up to be stupid and you yeah. can't make grilled no. cheeses anymore. And then, he, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. or when, you know, like you say, you throw your, uh, your singer's beers off the front of the stage. You don't throw them off. And then he yells at you and says, I don't like the drumming on any of the songs on the right, first right, record. Right, right, you're right. like, totally. wow, now right. you tell me, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause that's shaming. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. something that's going to stick yeah. with you. So it's, so what you're saying, which Dan can take away today is speak to your son the way that you'd like to, to be, be spoken, spoken to. to. Yeah. If yep. you punched Someone in the butt. Yep. Right now, so many people are like, wow, how many times is the grilled cheese and getting punched in the butt? <laughs> That's the title of this episode. <laughs> but, so- but with that said, uh, it, it dropping in, making it an interest, lose, and, 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 and making yourself uh, available for that conversation with your son. Those are the two things I feel right. that you're taking away and having and talk to your son the way that you'd, you'd want to be, be spoken to. to. Right. So and getting it, down to right. his level. We're going we're gonna to recap this. So you, first of all, setting boundaries, don't be afraid of them because it's actually doing your child a, 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 
great, great benefit. Um, secondly, when you do set boundaries, think about how you would want to be spoken to. So think of them as human beings, not as pets, not, and not that we'd want to speak to our pets that way either, but like you have to, and if you've already screwed up and, and, and freaked out, you can always go back and take responsibility for that. There's a teaching moment in that. Then in terms of your question was like, how do I know what's developmentally appropriate? Um, you know, first of all, I'm all about like Googling Four, four-year-old right. developmental norms, and you'll Just get a quick, reading. like, 10 bullet points on what's going on with that child. But there, he's also going to show you based on his response. He's going to show you if you need to speak a little more firmly with him. He's going to show you if he really, like, he's like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, just like the, the robots or rescue mm-hmm. robots or whatever. Um, and, and you're also going to help him to develop compassion by saying, like, how would that feel if I did that to you? You know, I love you. I, I don't want to hurt you. And, and daddy doesn't want you to hurt me. And, and I wouldn't want you to do that to anybody else either because you know what? They might turn around and, and without even thinking, like throw something at you or really hurt you when you were just kidding around. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all kinds of, if you just think of everything as a teachable moment and, and that even when there are quote unquote mistakes made, that even then it's still a teachable moment. Right. I think it will help us as parents approach these situations in much more constructive ways. Yeah. And then it's about follow through and, and consistency because you mm-hmm. can't do that. You know, when, when did that happen last week, a couple days ago? Yeah, like 15 days ago. Okay. So a couple weeks ago. And so if you just like the next time he came up and did that to you, if you just let it go, no, that's a problem. Don't do it. Then it's right, a right. problem because he's going, oh, I see. So for whatever reason, dad had something to say about it last time, but I'm going to test it again. Even it's conscious or he's just like, you know, running around crazy. He's not even thinking about it. We have to be consistent and it right. will pay off. Right, right. You know, I mean, I've got, I mean, I'm in an interesting situation in having a 19 year old daughter and a seven year old daughter. And I can see how the things that I did, the things that I did that really worked that I see in her and, and who she's become today. And I'm, you know, reusing those things with my seven year old. And the mm-hmm. things that were not so great that I'm getting to, you know, do better this time. Right. Um, so does that, is that helpful oh, to you? Oh, absolutely. And I don't know where with time, but I, I want to ask one more question. Sure. When you have, when you're in Disneyland, Dan mode, you're exiting it mm-hmm. and you're finding yourself, um, you know, co-parent, you know, parenting mm-hmm. with, a, with a woman who has a much more elegant and elaborate and figured out version of how this is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. How much... Should I be concerned about emulating her? Mm-hmm. Or like, I know Unified Front comes up a lot. And we had an argument. Uh, my wife and I was just like, well, we can be Unified Front, but I'm I'm just exiting Disneyland, Dan. And there's still things about that that's awesome. Yeah. And there's things about what you do that are awesome, but I don't want to be like you. Yes. Do you really want to be like me? Yeah. How unified are we? should we be? So well, uni- should we be a carbon copy of each no. other? I feel like this is a balance. Unified does not mean we're, we're the same. It yeah. means, first of all, it mostly means in front of the kids, you are on the same page. Right. Even if you're absolutely not on the same page, and then you go and have a conversation outside of earshot of the kids and say, okay, whoa, that wasn't cool. And then you work it out together. And then mom or dad goes back and says, okay, you know what? Your mom and I talked. I was way off mm-hmm. base, and and here's what's going to happen. Um, the second thing is, I think the communication that you're working on really building with your with your wife, first and foremost, around your marriage, mm-hmm. but also as co-parents, is about I I want to do me the best way I can. First yeah. of all, anything else your kid is going to recognize as BS. 
because kids have right. super sharp instincts yeah, and yeah. they're just going to, they're going to call it. They're going to be like, yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you need to be the, the most authentic version of you mm-hmm. as you're actively figuring out and, and looking to your wife as somebody who loves you and trusts you in this role to help keep you on track with, you know, I, I, if I were you, I would set two or three really clear intentions, you know, maybe once a month you say, this is the thing I'm working on this month. Can you mm-hmm. help me point it out? If I'm slipping, let me know when I'm on point and then build from there. So it's not like, even for the kids' sake. So it's not like, wait a minute, dad was one way last week and I'm dealing right. with a completely different person and he seems to kind of be trying to act like mom and what is that about, right? Right, right. right. They're so, going to figure that out. Yeah. For sure. So I think that there's that, you know, the, the commu- comes back again to the communication with your wife and why it's so important that your relationship be solid and communicative and really the foundation for the co-parenting aspect mm-hmm. of, of your life. Cohen's even asked me once, like, why are you, why are you, different about this ah interesting yeah well um, he's sharp i don't know son i pick up those pick up those robots (laughs) but but at that moment (laughs) like i know at that (laughs) moment but at that moment because you just said an every moment is a is a is a moment of possible teaching moment moment, at that moment is it is it okay for dan to say to his son hey you know what if you know what you know why because i am kind of learning that maybe we got to there's certain rules and certain things in ba- you know certain things that we got to deal with like we can't leave the robots on the floor anymore because if mom yeah. steps on them or when That's grandma's right. visiting they're going to get bummed yep. and dude you know what these robots are rad and we don't want to ruin them so like let's put them away so they don't get broken so you and I can play with them tomorrow right. and and then at that yeah. point he's ch- you know changing to set up the boundaries of things need to be put away That's so right. people don't get hurt. Totally. But he's doing it the way Dan would do it and not yeah. the way that mom would That's do right. it. I've gotten called out by my son all the time where he said to me once, you know, we have a swimming pool. And I, I've always been very – I've just – I'm super nervous. Even to this – you know, they're old enough. Their friends know how to swim. I've always just been super, super nervous about the pool since yeah. we've had it. I would be and too. Yeah, just that's who I am. And to the point where like – even my wife will make fun of me if we have kids over because I literally sit on near the diving board and I'm and I'm lifeguard. I just sit there and I watch everybody and they're yep. going and they're right. Hey guys, no, no, running over there. Hey, whoa, 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 nope. Hey, whoa, don't pull on someone when they're underwater. And and I've just been that guy. And uh, at one point, I remember we had, it was Fourth of July, and and I wasn't that guy because I got a lifeguard. Mm. I was like, it's Fourth of July. I want to enjoy myself. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna. We're gonna be barbecuing. Yeah. There's gonna be a lot of people here. I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna be that guy. And also, I got a feeling that everyone's tired of me being that guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and also, and you know what? And you know what? My son. And he. You know, this will make you feel better. You know, your son's four. My son's eleven. You know what he said to me? He goes, Dad. On fourth, I want you to be Fourth of July dad all the time. Oh, you wow. were so <laughs> fun. You were letting people run. You were, and uh, you know, kids were jumping out. You know, and I, and I was like, he's like, why can't you be Fourth of July dad all the time? Because wow. you know, and then it's September. I'm driving him to school, and I'm like, hey, don't do this, don't you know? Right, right. And uh, and and I I even got that from the opposite way that maybe your wife yeah. might get like, mom, I like it when you're more like. Disneyland dad, you know, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. so it goes both ways. And, sure. and I think one thing I, I took from today's show is every moment there's, what'd you say? A teaching? Every moment is a teachable moment. Yeah, that's If the, you make it I one. I love that. For sure. And I, I think that, yeah, we just have to, I think we will, we will um, help, we will raise whole, healthy, conscious human beings if we are being whole, healthy, conscious human beings ourselves. Yeah. And that is what we are showing them, um, both in terms of just how we move about 
the cabin and, mm-hmm. and also how yeah. we are guiding them to, to move about the cabin. And I think to, just to your point, Joe, about, you know, the little how to handle the, the robots as an example is I think that when we can take the time and it won't always be the case because we got to like get out the door to school or whatever. But whenever mm-hmm. you can take the time to say, here's why we're doing this. So that it's not just like some arbitrary, like, oh, you're just like making rules for the sake of making rules. Like, and, mm-hmm. and, and our natural inclination as human beings is to be like, nope. So, um, yeah, so I think there's tons of, you, there's so, you're doing so many things right. And just seeing what a conscious human being you are is just such a great starting place. Um, your desire to want to learn more. I think that that's, that's all we need is like a desire to learn, a desire to be conscious and a desire to do right by our, our, our kidlets and, yeah, Dan, I got to okay. ask you, uh, I know that a lot of us and the people who are listening today are, are going to think the same thing. Like, w- would you be willing to come back, come back and check in again on everything and oh, the, and the progression be so and everything? Because cool. it'd be neat to, after today, uh, some of the stuff that Anaya and you talked about, and once you put it into play, maybe you could come in and just give us a recap of like, all right, this did not work. Right. Or yeah, it, I actually saw I saw a difference, and and we're 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 moving in a direction together as yeah. a unified front. And and my son now, I can make a grilled cheese without getting yeah. kicked in the ass. And, and I can, set, I can <laughs> set boundaries and not feel like I'm you know ruining my child. Yeah. Are you cool doing yeah, that? Absolutely. That'd totally. be awesome. Awesome. Sure. Man. Dan, I really appreciate you coming in. Uh, nice to be here. And you really know, great. I learned a lot. Oh, did you? Yeah. Did you really? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was I was like on the way here like. You know, I, ho- I I hope that I I knew I was going to get something out, but I was like, I hope I can hit on some of the points that have actually been an issue for me. Like, I mean, we're talking like in the last two weeks, kind of stuff, and it's really it's awesome. I the term it. that you used when you and I got on the phone, I wrote it down. Is you you wrote some of the things you said? I can't say no. Uh, I haven't ever had to draw a line. You, like yeah, I wrote yeah. this down, and then the, I go, "Well, how is it at home?" And, and he goes, "It's a crisis." <laughs> and I go, "Oh my gosh!" I got <laughs> Thank write. you for coming in to talk about your crisis. And yeah. I'm excited for you to <laughs> come generous. back. Uh, and uh, and uh, you know, it's funny, man. You you're I learn something every time I sit in this show, uh, and just yeah. what we learn about every moment being a teachable moment. I love that. That's what I'm taking from the show, uh, Dan. I want to thank you so much. Uh, for taking the time to come in. I can't wait for you to come back and hear how the uh, everything progresses. Yeah, uh, I got to thank everyone uh, for all of the emails that we've been getting. Amazing. The, the topic emails have been awesome. People uh, suggesting different topics, people asking uh, different types of questions, wanting us to build different episodes around that. We are not only going to take uh, those ideas that you guys have been throwing in, but we also want to start answering uh, some of your emails, obviously anonymously, we won't say your name. Uh, you know, one kid, one guy was like, my kid picks his nose all the time. It's a nervous habit. Can you do a show on that? I don't know if we can do a whole show on nose picking, but we, you know, we can definitely uh, try, you know, yeah. um, but the most thing, most importantly, keep them coming. Cause we want to answer your questions uh, during the show. And it's really simple. Just email us at rad parenting at gmail.com radparenting at gmail.com also all the reviews that you guys have been doing amazing thank you so much I mean that that has just been awesome and, and it's really pl- gratifying isn't it we come here we have so much fun um, getting to chat with each other and be silly and then have amazing guests pop in every now and then and and we, we're getting these amazing reviews. So. And, and thank you so much for the support, you guys. Because like we always say, as much as it's you know our show, it really is your guys' show. And I'm glad that everyone's enjoying it as much as they are. Uh, we're going to split. We'll see you guys all next week. My name is Joe Sib And Anaya Bogue. And we got our friend. Dan Kanapka. And let's all say Kanapka. 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 We won something. Kanapka. 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 Rap parenting. Late. <laughs> Later. Later.